Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This edition is sponsored by the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. For more information, head to MOTOETF.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, good evening, Fred. Good evening. Now, we're going to be giving our listeners and viewers more info today about the upcoming Princeton Smart Driving Cars Summit in just a bit. Please stay tuned. First, let's get to first to some of the top headlines of the week. FedEx and Aurora have announced a, a pilot program for autonomous truck shipments between Dallas and Houston. The, auto, the truck manufacturer, I think it's pronounced PACAR, perhaps P-A-C-C-A-R, is taking part as well. And Chris Urbson is known for doing things pretty responsibly, I think, right now. Oh, of course, yes, and I think this is uh, this is a big move by him, uh, and and for the whole process of of bringing uh, uh, advanced technology uh, to uh, to driving and and assisting uh, drivers in uh, large motor uh, carriers, class eights, and so on. And I think this is a very responsible place to do it. It's intrastate. Uh, so therefore, it doesn't have to deal with uh, many of the interstate issues of interstate commerce and so on. And so as long as uh, they have the blessing of the state, Texas, um, um, great. It's reasonably long haul, wonderful. Uh, as they point out, of course, uh, there'll be uh, drivers um, in the vehicles uh, for the first until they get it uh, so that I guess, uh, you know, like to say no disengagements and everybody is um, is um, um, happy with it and and uh, and um, is not freaked out by it uh, wonderful and um, and it's good and and kind of what i'm hoping they they also find in this is that in fact even uh, with the driver the technology um, um, helps the driver so much um, uh, lets the driver uh, have a better life, uh, uh, make it a, uh, substantially easier for the drivers uh, to feed their families as opposed to really sitting there and focusing on driving, you know, for 10 hours a day, an extremely difficult job. And maybe that, you know, that uh, they'll see that, in fact, uh, even without taking the driver out of the cab, uh, the benefits that accrue to the uh, to the trucking companies uh, to the drivers is such that it has a, a, a wonderful ROI, so that in fact it can the technology can be implemented uh, uh, interstate without taking the driver out. You know, um, I've been sort of arguing that in fact there's enormous value of this technology that kind of that Chris has developed Aurora. Uh, just to be driver assistance um, uh, to really improve the quality of life of the driver and and make it so more people want to drive and uh, maybe even get a little bit of extension in the hours of service uh, so that in fact uh, they can earn a little bit more and uh, if that can be done and in fact these technologies uh, I think can have a return on investment uh, that doesn't require the taking of the driver out of the cab. And all of a sudden, then it can go gangbusters across across interstate or across any place. You've talked about that, that for, for, for some time now and about 
how difficult the jobs are these the, that these truck drivers have and, and well, to make it to make it better safer e- you know and more comfortable that's a big deal uh, that's a big deal and you know in the, the data that i've been able to scratch around and get in past years with my students and is that you know the the liability exposure of a, of a class 8 is is something close approaching $20,000 per year per class 8 and so, you know, that's a substantial um, uh, liability exposure uh, from crashes. And if this technology can, let's say, reduce that in half, that's basically putting $10,000 on the table to, to pay for this each year. And I know that when uh, Jerome Luton and I looked at, uh, at the transit industry, one found similar things with respect to transit buses. So that in some, in a sense, a, uh, a, a substantial return on an investment, uh, we believe, uh, can be uh, can be achieved uh, uh, just by providing assistance, really good assistance to drivers, and uh, without taking drivers out of the cab. And so, if we can do that, then uh, then it's it's a no brainer that in fact. Uh, a CEO of a trucking company that uh, that basically self-insures for most of that twenty thousand dollars of liability exposure. Sure, they they write write some some uh, you know go to Munich Re and and buy some some insurance to take care of the tail of the of that liability distribution. But the bulk of it, the, the big piece of it, uh, most trucking companies uh, basically self-insure. So that means all that money is coming out of the CEO's pocket on the top line. And, you know, nobody really wants to admit to it because it's not pretty. But, boy, if you could, I mean, if this technology really works and therefore really uh, either mitigates crashes or avoids crashes, uh, then that's money sitting on the table to pay for this. And uh, and therefore should build a nice business uh, uh, for Aurora. Let's hope this trial goes well between uh, Dallas and Houston. Reuters is reporting that Tesla's Shanghai factory is expected to have produced 300,000 cars during the first nine months of this year. And that's during this global chip shortage. Interesting yeah. story. I mean, I get, you know, it is, I guess, you know, they're, they're able to pump them out. I mean, uh, you know, uh, that's um, that's um, that's better than thirty thousand a month. Uh, that's a, a thousand um, a day. Uh, wow! I mean, coming out. Uh, hopefully, um, there aren't many defects and so on. I mean, uh, looks like uh, looks like they um, they they know how to produce them. And uh, I read, I think, over the weekend that uh, Tesla is about to break ground in California on another gigafactory. So. Yeah, they're churning, so they're churning them out, and, and maybe in in Germany, and you know they're doing something in in Texas, and um, yeah, uh, they're scaling. They are now. The new head of the National Transportation Safety Board, Jennifer Holmendy, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, is is criticizing Tesla's expanded rollout of what it calls full self driving, to include its use in cities. She's saying the the basic safety issues have to be addressed first. And of course, they've got an ongoing investigation. 
Right, and and of course, I guess it's all about the you know the implications of overpromising with the naming of the, of the of the system as full self driving and um, and um, and of course uh, a consumer um, uh, not realizing that it's at best partial self driving, and the key is um, is you have to remain you have to remain alert. Um, and and you just can't assume that it's going to work. Now, whether or not you need to sit there and be as, you know, making sure and then so on and so forth. Uh, no, I mean, uh, you know, these systems are supposed to provide some comfort and convenience uh, and, and do the, the strenuous part and let you relax more. Uh, maybe it's so that you don't need to be there you know, well, I've read uh, something that Elon Musk is, is has has been saying things like that. Good drivers will be able to turn on this latest full self driving, and, and that may come to a surprise to some people who shelled out ten thousand dollars. But but um, it's well, it's inter- it's interesting that he's saying that because that's what you know we've been pushing all along is that they should be paying attention to the driver's behavior here. Right. And, and, you know, I mean, good drivers, aren't we all good drivers? I mean, I'm a good driver. I mean, you ask me, Hey, I'm a great driver. I mean, you ask uh, 80% of the people are going to say they're better than average drivers. I mean, of course. But but they, they, they know, I mean, with the the computers in the, in these vehicles, no, that's right. That's right. He knows, he knows he can set the standard. He can turn it off. He can say, you know, before it's turned on again, bring a note from your mother. Go sit in the corner and, and put on a dunce cap. You know, he can do that. And in fact, instead of charging up front for the darn thing, if he charges on a per use or as you use, then if you abuse, you don't get to use. Doesn't get to charge you. But at least, it's, you know, at least it's a, it's a, it's a fair deal. And, and and it would it would be nice if he if he did that because he knows. And if you mis misbehave, then you know what else? You have to there, there's a, there's a penalty for misbehaving. I guess you get you get the toy taken away. And so well, therefore, G- you know, GM, it's, it's GM has he, been doing that with with uh, Cruise in a, in a sense, too. It's super you, well, they've been doing that with 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 their system because they sit there and do an eye tracking. But in fact, he has more than eye tracking data. He has behavioral data as to how the person's driving, where they're turning it on, what they're doing and whatever and so on and so forth in situations whether or not they're, you know, grabbing control of the darn thing when they're warned to or not, or all, he knows. I mean, that's, that system is there con- con- continuously uh, grabbing data. Now, whether or not it saves it all, or it says, hey, you're, you're a good driver, forget about it. We're going to, you know, we're just going to loop it when you're a bad driver and save that piece. Or how they're doing it, there are various ways that, that one could do this, but and, and guess what? He can over the air update the darn thing. But, you know, he, he it seems as if the message is improving, but he has the ability, he, he, he has it. And he knows in all these crashes, he, he knows whether or not 
whether or not Tesla's liable, whether or not autopilot was on or, or full self-driving and whether or not it, it, it worked properly or improperly. Right. Well, there was a case in the, the, the Florida Tesla crash that killed two people that's uh, under investigation. Elon Musk sent out a tweet saying uh, data logs indicate autopilot was not enabled. The vehicle did not have full self-driving. It didn't have full self-driving and auto uh, autopilot wasn't engaged. I mean, he's going to show up in a court. He's going to, he's going to show the data and courts got to throw it out. He has the data. I mean, that's what's so beautiful about what he's done. Right. And hopefully in the times when it is sort of they're liable because it didn't work well, well, fix it. That, that's beautiful that you have the data, sh- so you should be able to fix it. Then over over the air, update the whole darn thing, and everybody moves forward. I, I think that that's what he's doing implicitly. That's what Tesla is doing implicitly, explicitly. They're maybe telling all of us that they're doing that. But in, again, it's the same with the with good driver. <laughs> His insurance rates whether or not the driver's a good driver. Okay, so he knows. Well, there are other insurance companies that try to uh, sell customers on the idea of plugging something into the OBD. Sure, yeah, right. And they're looking looking to change behavior, okay? But they also know when the the person's misbehaving. But he knows even, even better because he has cameras in there. And he's monitoring, you know, steering wheel and everything else. They have it all. I think, I don't know. Seems to me, you know, of course, I mean. Well, for him to say right away with an investigation here, hey, we know this this wasn't on and they didn't have this. So, yeah, obviously the data is there. Yep. Our friend Stephen Schlatover from uh, UC Berkeley as a piece in Scientific American headlined, self-driving cars begin to emerge from a cloud of hype. It's an opinion piece that makes some of the points that Stephen made with us in a recent podcast. Yeah, and you know, it's nice. And and as a, as a couple of people have sent me text, my goodness, this is the most positive that Steve's been. Yeah, yeah well, um, you know, Steve's been a realist about this. I mean, Steve was was early saying saying that, you know, this level five business by SAE was just like, are you kidding? Everywhere? I mean, come on. I, I mean, <laughs> we, we people couldn't drive into Princeton a week and a half ago, uh, you know, when Ida came through here because everything was flooded. <laughs> you know, even even the conventional system isn't all the time, all weather. Uh, come on, uh, let's do let's do some things, and and of course that's that's our whole purpose with the next summit uh, is to really do deployment uh, in a place where in fact uh, you begin to deliver some real value to people. Let's do some of that before we start saying we have to do this everywhere. I mean, come on. Well, we'll be back with more on that. But first, this is a good time to remind you about our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. To get more info, head to MOTOETF.com. 
On the website, we should point out it's a good idea to read the white paper. It's called The Smart Transportation Revolution. You'll find it under the Insights and News tab. Great information there to help you make informed decisions about investing. You may know that ETFs can be a, a good way to spread risk with investments and focus on a particular category of stocks. The site again is MOTOETF.com. Alan, you just talked about it, you just mentioned it, the fifth annual Princeton Smart Driving Car Summit set now for mid-November. And the latest I'm told is the, the evening of the 18th are getting underway, COVID permitting. Uh, COVID permitting, of course, everything is COVID permitting. I mean, uh, every any all things could be shut down, you know, immediately. But it looks like we're we we're going to do it. We're going to do it in person, uh, and we're going to do it. Why? Because we have a window of opportunity, I believe, to actually um, uh, do some serious um, advancements. Uh, towards uh, what we've been building up to uh, with what the fourth uh, uh, summit uh, focused on setting up, which is uh, doing a deployment and a deployment that would start in, in a very constrained operational design domain, uh, but with uh, every opportunity to expand and, and expand um, uh, uh, throughout New Jersey, throughout the Northeast, throughout the United States. I mean, uh, you know, we, we still need to get started, but the important element of, of doing in Trenton is because there, I think we at least start at the beginning with delivering mobility and, and, and quality of life improvement, which is mobility equates to quality of life. Those that have it, mobility, tend to have pretty good quality of life. Those that don't tend to not. And so, you know, to provide really what all this technology is really supposed to do, it's not supposed to be able to say, hey, look, mom, no hands. It's really supposed to deliver value and deliver mobility and to start someplace where that mobility is being offered to not somebody who has more mobility than they know what to do with, uh, but in places where my goodness, uh, um, their the mobility that they have available to them is um, not all that good. And so, um, unfortunately, uh, Trenton, 70% uh, of the households have one or fewer cars. And my goodness, uh, that is uh, a lot of folks that could really benefit uh, if, in fact, it was much easier much cheaper, much better uh, for them to be able to have mobility, the kind of mobility you and I enjoy, Fred. You know, I want to go someplace, I hop out, I hop in my car and I go. I mean, anytime, almost anywhere. Well, we're not going to try to go anywhere. We're going to try to at least do that within the confines of Trenton. It's not very big. It's eight square miles. And in fact, what's kind of nice about it is it doesn't have big, broad avenues that, that people go, you know, 40 speed limits, 45 and people do 60 and 70, you know, 25 miles an hour is just fine. Thank you. And to do it from neighborhoods and 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 throughout the at least that area and to get it working there, working meaning. Uh, no disengagements, okay, so that you might have the opportunity to pull 
the attendant and the driver. So, you know, that's the first thing is get it so that it works within that operational design domain. And since the fleet would be controlled by an entity, it's not going to misbehave and go sneak out, you know, outside the operational design domain. It's going to stay there. So because it is a reputable entity that is providing and and providing the mobility, then there's not this, oh, my goodness, stuff that, that Elon has to worry about and to do that. And two, to basically get not only the customers, those that ride and use the system to be acclimated to the system. Uh, to understand it, to not be afraid of it, to not be terrorized, to not be anxious about it and say, hey, I'm just getting in and going. You know, we've used the elevator analogy forever here. So we're not going up and down. We're going to go. And but we want to have this the same sociology associated with it. And that takes an acclimation period that takes a time for people to get comfortable you know i think anytime the first time you get in an elevator well you're small and your parents are holding your hand so i guess no problem but if for some reason you miss that step and somebody you know brought you out of somewhere and introduced you to an elevator you might go (laughs) i've gone in i've gone into some of the people movers at airports and you know they're automated and i've gone in and 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 thing moves and doors close and i go i go where's the driver where's the, you know there's no driver here and like people are going 911 they're calling the cell phone we got a crazy <laughs> here yeah why cuz everybody's acclimated to it right no problem well guess what i think except for at the third summit where where local motors brought an ollie to princeton that may be the only one of these vehicles that's ever come within the the confines of new jersey Uh, maybe maybe somebody else brought a vehicle of course you know we ran prospect 11 prospect 12 and so on on streets and 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 nvidia was running around cars around uh, you know uh, around holmdale and so on you know but uh Nobody in, in New Jersey's experienced these things. Well, and this so, would be a real first in 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 providing mobility for all, using this transportation, this new form of transportation. You know, it's we're not saying it has to be autonomous. There's going to be a safety person in at first. Absolutely, but it's a first providing this kind of service to people who who truly need it. It's not you, know, you can't knock what Waymo's done in Chandler, Arizona. They've They've made their case that this that this can work, but now let's put it somewhere where it's truly needed, and that's what you've been pushing for. That's where there's been progress. We can't name names yet, I don't think, but there there are some substantially big companies interested. Yeah, we have big players. We have at least several of the big players interested. Okay, why? Because in fact, yes, they they also see. It's not just testing to see whether or not the technology works. It's also doing the deployment to get the sociology to work and that sociology to work, not where folks have, you know, so many 
mobility options, this is one of a bunch. And my goodness, whether or not, I mean, for it to really be better than what they have, I mean, this thing better be really good. And what are they going to, they're going to, I don't know, sometimes use it, sometimes whatever. But in Trenton, there is lots of folks who, in fact, this is a big improvement in the mobility operation operation and the issue is is that can we get the sociology right so that they're then comfortable in using it and and willing to use it and not only willing to use it cherish it protect it think it of as theirs and for appreciate those, it for those outside of the area who may wonder that oh why should i care about trenton this is this is an example that could be replicated all over. Absolutely. So I mean, you know, Scranton, Pennsylvania, the president's hometown. Okay? The the uh, the auto ownership statistics for Scranton aren't all that much better than Trenton. So if it works in Trenton, you can take it to Scranton. And why, you know, Scranton, well, you know, since Pittsburgh started it. You know, Uber and Lyft, when they started and the, their concept was, yeah. And in Pittsburgh, in the, in the, in, you know, where I grew up in Crafton and so on. Well, we didn't, we didn't have a car, but you know, that was, that was centuries ago. Okay. But that might, but you know, <laughs> Hey, you know, still people don't have cars and what about mobility for them? What about when they want to go visit a friend? What about if they have to go get a quart of milk now? What if, what if they want to go to synagogue? What if and, they want and, to go to And when to this mosque? is successful, it does grow to to more uh, a wider demographic reach as as we move along. It, it has all way. about trying. It, uh, look, if you look at the equity of mobility that we have provided in cities, it's not pretty. Okay. Some folks have a car right outside of their garage, right outside of their kitchen, go anywhere, and my goodness, let there not be any congestion. Others wait for a bus and can only go when the bus runs. And except for New York City, subway, 24-7 service, I don't, I don't know. Does it exist anywhere else? Somebody correct me. Okay. Oh my goodness, the disparity. And guess who gets despaired? Hmm. In people like us, mostly. It's it's and here we have this technology that doesn't care what you're just go out there. You want to go from here to there? Great. No problem. And in fact, if you look at, at, at Lyft and Uber, you know, that's really the value they provided. The problem is, is that, you know, you've got to get an Uber driver. And yeah, there are some and they're very responsible and they very well, they work very hard and they're very reliable. But the whole issue, if, if you look at, at those that have been left behind because they don't have a, a personal car 
And of course, let's not even talk about the, the 10 to 16, 17 year olds. And many of the, you know, 85 and above. So this is, this is an opportunity and it's, it, it's, it's almost unbelievable that this industry called the driverless mobility industry has been focused on what? Moving packages and moving rich people. Yeah, package is great, okay? Rich people, more mobility. When they, you know, they can pay for it out of their expense account, whatever they want, whatever. And really? So in a sense, to me, this is an opportunity. An oper- and, and we get it to work there. It can work for everybody. And we can set it up easily to operate indiscriminately. So this is really, this is about equity and mobility and bringing those that have been left behind. Now in New York City and Manhattan, man, the subway, yeah, great. It's wonderful. In Chicago, yeah, the L, wonderful. If you happen to live and want to go along one of the various rail lines and so on, BART, Metro, wonderful. You want to go anywhere else? Well, this, I don't know. <laughs> this will hopefully change what the picture looks like. Again, the, the summit is scheduled to begin the evening of the 18th in Princeton and, and continue on the 19th and, and the 20th. So that's a Thursday night, Friday and, and Saturday. For more info, the best place to go is going to be smartdrivingcar.com. Right. And, and Friday and, 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 thir- and Friday and Saturday, we're going to hold it in Trenton. And we're going to invite all the Trentonians and Tre- residents of Trenton to come. And this isn't for a bunch of techno jerks or whatever, or, or, or investor, whatever, or Wall Street, whatever, or so on. This is for the people, the customers to come and get their first glimpse one and the two to say, what, what's mobility would you like to have? Because if you look at this technology, we can, you know, we can design the or operational design domain to easily serve them and to take them to where they want to go and to have the things sitting around and available to when they want to go. Why not? Why not at least do one of these? Sure, you can do your Chandler's. Sure, you can do your, 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 your San Francisco's. Sure, you can do your Mountain Views. Sure, you can do, you know, your LA's. Are you going to do Watts? They are going to do Las Vegas. Las Vegas too. I mean, sure, whatever. I mean, I mean, (laughs) we tried to do 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 PRT in Las Vegas in 1975. And what rude awakening did we get there? Oh my goodness. 
the last thing a, a casino operator wants is good mobility. <laughs> because once the uh, casino operator has you in there, they don't want you going anywhere else until you, they have it all. No clocks, right? <laughs> no clocks, no getting out. You're, I mean, you know, Whoa. Well, Motional is expanding its footprint in Las Vegas. Yeah, they planning are. For commercial yes. robo-taxi deployment in, in 2023. So people will be able to get around. Right. And it's stuff. it's good. But I, but again, I mean, the demographic, it, it's fine to do it for that demographic and great. Wonderful. But but in, in a sense, boy, also that demographic is not easy to serve. What are they demanding? And I mean, you better be good. You highlight in the latest newsletter a study done for the Greater Pittsburgh Chamber of Commerce that talks about the economic benefit to regions that are able to build out and welcome autonomous mobile systems. And the numbers look terrific. I mean, as far as the economic benefits. Of course, of course. And, and, and of course, you know, I want I want, the, you know, the legislators and the, and the governor's office and, and everyone here in New Jersey to read that because to say, look, we welcome this. We create it. We have it happen in Trenton. It then is expands throughout Mercer County, even comes to Princeton, even comes to the bubble. Oh, my goodness. And then gets replicated. Newark, Camden. New Brunswick, you know, Perth Amboy, the, uh, Perth Amboy, your 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 hometown. hometown why not? Sure. But what it and does as, is, as these companies come in and and start to building these systems out, there are going to be more jobs here too. Absolutely. Even if you don't have drivers in the vehicles. Oh, but look, look, who are you? Hey, one, you provide mobility to people who haven't had it, so it's in fact new mobility. You know, the trains are still going to run on the Northeast Corridor, okay? We're still going to have train operators on that. Whether or not we run all the New Jersey transit buses or not, maybe, maybe not, or we'll run more buses in places where the buses are appropriate as opposed to putting buses as sort of, you know, um, um, uh, offerings to, to, uh, to check off some sort of political box. We do... Because this is going to be a, an expanding business. It's going to have all kinds of jobs created. This is new mobility. And then once we start leaving some of our cars at home, guess who then it unemploys from driving? Me and you. How much do we get paid for driving? Zero. <laughs> Zero. Right. And in fact, at times of muse, oh, man, you're a terrible driver. Boy, I would you. I mean, <laughs> in, fa in fact, we often pay for the privilege. Right? So, and in <laughs> fact, we often and we pay for the privilege. Absolutely. Oh, but it's enjoyment. I mean, we I mean, really, I just drove up I-95, you know, just before this. It was not enjoyable. OK. A car and driver report that you uh, include in the newsletter is headlined, Tesla drivers using autopilot uh, or watch the road less. You include a different version, I think, of this story. It's an MIT study, which I guess, I suppose it, uh, it's, it's a logical 
logical report here. Yeah, no, I I, I reported on the on on the the actual study, and yeah, of course, well, not of course, but it's nice that they've quantified it. Okay, in some sense, uh, so you know that that that's 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 kind of that's kind of good. So you know what you have is sort of on the input side, you have the the technology, whether it's on or off. On the output side, you have you know how much how much people uh, whether or not they they still you know pay close attention and and with with respect to gazes. But that's an intermediate question. The real question is, are these systems safer or not? Okay. Does it improve say? Do I maybe I don't need to 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 pay as close attention if this is on and it's working? Maybe they work well enough to do that. Maybe also I I'm then more relaxed. Because if you look, then look at crashes, you know, I guess I, I tend to argue that 90% of the, of the crashes are due to driver misbehavior or driver misbehavior plays a role. I guess some people so, might interpret uh, a report like this as saying you're encouraging the, the systems encourage misbehavior, which no, I guess well, would it, be a it way doesn't of necess- Right. It doesn't necessarily. Well, I don't know. Maybe it does. And if it does, then 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 okay. But but maybe maybe that's not misbehavior. What kind of misbehavior are we talking about? We're talking about we're talking about I don't know whether or not the testing that. We're talking about people having, you know, too many alcoholic um, uh, and on beverages. We're talking but about. It, but people if a system is asleep. like GM Super Cruise that is watching you to make sure that you're attentive while it while it's on and and doing its thing, keeping you within the lane and regulating the, the safety. That's a good thing. It is a good thing. It, that is a good thing. But in fact, maybe maybe it's even better if you're less attentive because then you're more relaxed and you're better able to deal and feel and sense upcoming situations. Don't know. Okay, because because what this thing really should be is that the input use and non-use should be the input side. The input side is is the whole thing safer or not, or are these that subsystem safer or not? Have they crashed more or less? Have the crashes been more or less severe? Now we really don't have enough data to see that yet, but at some point we will, or doesn't it really matter? It's interesting. But, but, but you know, the, the systems that are in there now, as we've talked about essentially from the beginning, they're in there for comfort and convenience of the driver. Why? Because it is really stressful. So I just drove from Middleton, Delaware to Princeton. Okay. Part of that was up. I-95 through Philadelphia. And I was there in my car that also has some of these gizmos. And I think I needed some more help. And if even that help would have let me relax more, I don't know. I didn't crash. 
But again, over the long run, how many times could I do them? Da, 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 da. So, you know, I, I think it's nice research. It's nice what they've done, but they've taken it to an intermediate point. It needs to be because the issue is safer or, or not less safe. Okay. And it's certainly not obvious. And I think Elon's been arguing that, that, that autopilot statistics indicate that it's safer. Now, the problem is, is that you're not comparing apples with apples. You're comparing apples and oranges. You know, when do you use autopilot? You use probably tend to tend to use it more when everything's kind of nice, nice weather, da, 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 da. And when it's not nice weather, then you're not using it and so on and so forth. So therefore, probably, you know, just because the natural conditions of the probability of a crash anyway in the times when you use it is, is substantially less than the probability of a crash uh, when you're when you're not using it. Of course, that biases the whole thing. So what 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 is required is for is for really to take subsets of the of the of the Tesla data that really compare apples and apples, stretches of road under the same weather conditions taken in all sorts of different places. And, and, and I suspect that Tesla is accumulating enough data such that one can begin to really do that. In other words, the input side is use and not use. And the output side is, did it crash or didn't it crash? And the intensity of the crash with everything else being held constant, similar to avoid this sort of internal bias because the data set, you know, one's one's an apple and the other one's an orange. Can't tell anything, I think. Well, if he would like somebody who's independent <laughs> to look at the data, I think I've offered be... <laughs> to do that. And, and, you know, and if he doesn't, doesn't like all my credentials and data science, all my colleagues in Orphe at Princeton, I mean, we'll put a team together and you'll get, uh, you know, I think we can do it. Okay. <laughs> Finally, from the oops department, Alan, a Reuters report headlined, GM invests in Oculi, a a radar software maker for self-driving cars. They have an accompanying photo of the CEO of Oculi. But you point out in the newsletter. He's standing standing in front of an Audi. I mean, I remember once I sent a sent a proposal to do some really great stuff for for UPS. And I sent it FedEx. (laughs) Guess what? (laughs) Uh, I'm persona Don Grata in, 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 at, at UPS. Oh, well, whatever. Life's too short. Uh, well, I, I did okay anyway. We, we all, yes, you did. We, we all do make mistakes. We, we all, we, If that's the worst mistake they make, they're okay. Well, hey, yeah, no, I, that, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we want to remind our, our audience again about the uh, fifth annual Princeton Smart Driving Car Summit, November, November 18th. And you want to go to smartdrivingcar.com for more info. Yeah. Thank you to our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, 
The ticker symbol for the ETF is MOTO, and more info is available at MOTOETF.com. You can find us, once again, at smartdrivingcar.com, on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud, wherever you get podcasts. Your smart speaker can play us too. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening or watching, and please stay safe. And stay safe. And again, I have one more plug on the on the on the summit. It is in less than two months. Uh, we it's a go, and uh, and we look to to really um, have uh, uh, excellent uh, uh, discussions as well as uh, exhibitions and demonstrations. And um, it's going to be um, open to the public. Uh, it's free to everybody. Um, some sessions are going to require registration because of, of limit in, in the number of seats uh, that we have available. Uh, but the others, the demonstrations, we hope to have them um, uh, broadly uh, available uh, for uh, anyone uh, to come. Uh, the objective is to is to for us to also learn from the people as to what mobility they would like. Again, we are at the very beginning of this. We can still uh, 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 develop it and target it uh, correctly, especially to deal with the equity aspect of mobility. Uh, that's the fundamental focus. And, um, and we encourage uh, any of you who, who want information, want to participate and so on, uh, contact us and um, we'll, we, uh, we want you with us. Uh, uh, this hasn't been the focus of, I don't think it's been the fo real focus of, of any of these technology conferences. It's always been about the gizmos. It's always been about, uh, about uh, uh, how great the, the technology is and its technical details as opposed to its fundamental details of how well does it move people and people who, who, whose lives could be most improved uh, by um, having access to that mobility. So that's the focus. Uh, we have support from this uh, all up and down the line here in New Jersey from the governor's office uh, through the, the uh, New Jersey Department of Transportation, certainly the, the mayor's office in Trenton and so on. Um, so um, please um, uh, come and uh, help us make this a, a roaring success to bring uh, mobility to, to the folks who, uh, who could really benefit from this. Join us at smartdrivingcar.com.